Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Ladies, gentlemen, quickest introduction of my life because we're on a time limit. It's Z, it's Cran, it's me, and holy mother of God, it's Lejean Witherspoon of fucking Seven Dust. <laughs> What's up? The ultimate. This is it. This was my dream interview, and it's happening. And no way. Well, thank you. We're going to make the most of it. So I have to launch straight into the one thing that was driving me that's 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 been on my mind for for years. So you know how we had yeah. that little wave of like Woodstock 99 documentaries come up, right? Now it's yes. always something to me how the Woodstock topic comes up and nobody ever mentions the Seven Dust performance. Man, I'll, let me tell you. So we recently finished recording Truth Killer, the album, and I was able to be in the bedroom after doing vocals one night and sitting down and looking at Netflix or whatever. And I saw the documentary. I could not believe, even though I know at certain points of that video of that documentary, like when Jules was like, who can save your soul? And she stopped playing. The reason she stopped playing is because Seven Dust was across the hill and we started jamming and 50,000 kids ran over the top to see us. And it's nowhere on the documentary at all. So sorry. <laughs> and you know why? But do you know why? It's because the Seven Dust performance from that day does not fit the narrative because the Seven Dust performance was this like huge blast of like optimism and energy and love. Like, like I got to tell you, mm -hmm. the greatest thing ever, it, one of the greatest moments in New Metal history, right? You guys are performing bitch, which is not just about the female bitches. Right. And you look over the horizon and you go, everyone look at the rainbow, y'all. Look at that fucking rainbow, y'all. And I'm going to tell you what, that's the greatest mosh pit call in metal history. Well, thank you. I can't believe that you were there. Uh, I got chill. Well, I wasn't right there. Now. I'll tell but, you, I wasn't there. Uh, uh, well, do you still remember that? Am that I looking was, that uh, old now? No, that was amazing uh, <laughs> to be a part of that. To get there, to walk the grounds. We almost didn't make it from the Warp Tour from Canada. Uh, and to get there and see the debauchery. After we played, we were on the stage watching the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And they had the socks on the ding-dongs and all that. And I'm like, this is... It was like almost famous for me as a kid at that time. And then the uh, the fire, what the water tank blew up. <laughs> While the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing, I remember security ran up. All the artists get to your buses immediately and get out of here and duck down on your buses and get, get out of here. So everybody's on the tour bus. I remember the old Eagle and we're all ducking down. We're looking out the window, smoking joints, looking like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this is they're why and this is down. this is why this is why they can't talk about Seven Dust in those documentaries because right. they're like it was the worst day ever. Exactly. <laughs> They'd have you guys on and you guys would be like that shit was amazing. <laughs> you are the best. I love you. <laughs> gotta cut that but what here's what i thought was significant though right is because you were on that stage this entire time and you were just like you were like we love you we love you woodstock they start throwing bottles and you're like throw your bottles we love you right and then i just saw you guys at sick new world and it was the same vibe you were like we love you sick new world thank you so much for letting us do this and then you had to finish after two and a half songs i want to tell you exactly 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Never before in my career 
have I felt so, let's see, incredibly amazed with the energy. And then when it all happened, when it was like, and it was like, what are we doing? It took probably four or five days for me to get back to normal LJ. <laughs> it it took me four or five. I'm still not back to normal Kirk. Because I had told I mean, everyone. So Cran, grandfather here in the room, Cran did my uh, bookings for for interviews that day. And I said, you you do not book me for an interview during Seven Dust. I will simply what? say no. I will simply not. You were my number one band to see. Well, thank festival. you. Well, so that's why I need you to promise on air right now you're going to come back to the West Coast. I cannot wait to get to the West Coast. We love it. And I will make sure that you and whoever you want to be with will be on the stage with us or wherever you want to see the show from. <laughs> How about that? That is right. I will make. I promise I'll make that happen, Kevin. After this is over, I'll have him give you my number. Keep in touch. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it. Wow. Let me tell you what happened to Seven Dust after we played thirteen minutes and twenty seconds. First off, we knew that this was going to be a crazy thing to do because we were on tour with Alter Bridge at the time. Uh, But we wanted to make this happen. This is very important to be amongst so many of our incredible peers and just what an amazing time i was so mad because we were only going to play for 30 minutes and we we're going to have to to leave anyway but we could probably stay and watch a few bands yeah. but we still had to get back so after that happened we get back we get to see a couple of guys i got to talk to jacoby papa roach uh i think i talked to uh several of the artists that i hadn't seen in a minute then they put us in a car and we went and took a shower and went to the airport got on a plane landed at five o'clock in the morning in Atlanta, Georgia, got on our tour bus and went to Chattanooga and played the next night after all that. So I'm still shell-shocked the whole time that we're flying. This just happened. Um, people are texting and they're showing pictures and videos of the shows. And I'm like, we're up there for 13 minutes and 20 seconds. But what an incredible place to be amongst. I don't know how you guys or how they, you guys, how they pulled us together with this new metal thing, with all those incredible artists together and everyone in a setting and everyone was safe. They had a great time. I cannot wait to be a part of that again. I think it should be more than one day. It should be several days where we could all hang out. That would have been great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, how you doing today? I'll see you tomorrow. You know. <laughs> so since you already said it, Seven Dust, new metal band. Yeah. We're good to go there. You're cool with that? Yeah. I'm cool with it. I'm I'm fine with new metal. I I would rather be new metal than old metal. Uh, I think that it's very cool that we're, I think the new metal thing is incredible. Uh, It's a movement. I'm I'm proud to be a part of the new metal movement. Uh, I feel that it's very cool for us to be it because I I feel like Seven Dust, a lot of times in that new metal genre, there's a lot of bands that are more new metal than we are. So it's really cool that we get accepted. Does that make sense? Did you ever feel any pressure to hire a DJ? No, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind having a DJ. I've always thought that uh, I like a DJ. I might have something like that in my new stuff, my solo stuff. But no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a problem with a DJ, man. Man, we went on tour with Limp Biscuit. Man, Lethal, I loved everything that he would do. It was always awesome. I think a DJ is a, is a, is a, a very cool element to a band, just like a keyboard player or whatever extra element. But that DJ brings even more to a band. I think it's awesome. So you guys came up in like the the like the metal crazy 
mid late nineties. Right. Yes. And, and one thing that I find really fascinating about the new metal era was it was the last time in which, which the entire record industry was very committed to pouring like millions and millions of dollars into heavy bands into breaking heavy bands. Yeah. Now, now you guys had your time on TVT records. So something that I did find, do find interesting on TVT. Cause I know that they, they didn't treat you super well, mm-hmm. but they were very invested in breaking your, your band. Yes, absolutely. I feel like Seven of Us wouldn't have been on the map. And that's really cool. This is a good interview. You're very smart. I like this. Because a lot of, we wouldn't have had, not that one, but some of these right there, if it hadn't have been for TBT backing us and putting us out there on on the, the Roar tours, the Skull, you know, like those weird tours that no one was showing up to, but those hardcore fans in the middle of a dirt track and, you know, TBT Records, they were behind us when it came to that stuff. Uh, they had that commercial, the infomercial that no bands are live doing. Live and loud. Yeah, the live, live and loud. loud thing. But then before, there was some, there was an infomercial that showed up at, on TV, like uh, the, the commercials that you see late night. The TBT was the first ones to do that with Seven Us. So you'd be up at 3 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden see a Seven Us freaking commercial. So that was something that moved us ahead of a lot of people. I don't know. I, I still wish that. I think things could have been handled differently, but I'm proud to be where we're at right now. And I think everything happens for a reason. And that's why we're still here right now. They took a, I mean, they took a very ambitious approach, especially to home. Uh, one of the things that you did at the time that really was unprecedented in the new metal and hasn't been replicated since. So you collaborated with skin of Skunk and Nancy, <laughs> right? Now this was yeah. this now, now correct me if I'm wrong, but this was tipped to be like the European breakthrough for seven dust. Yeah. Well, what a good question. So let me tell you something about Skin and Skunk and Nancy. So, of course, I fell in love with this incredible voice in this band. Mm-hmm. And they're amazing. Uh, saw them on that movie Hollow Man or whatever. Uh, I, I might be saying it wrong. But they did a performance, whatever. The band is incredible. Seven Us, we want you guys to tour with these guys over in the States. They're going to come over here. And it's going to be you guys and I think Stained and somebody else or whatever, maybe Power Man 5000. We're like, cool, whatever. Skunk and Nancy would go on stage, my friend. No one knew who they were at all, right? Just, But they would still be blown away, but not knowing that this band is from overseas and like, why, why are they here? Let me tell you what. They took us over to Europe and it was like Michael Jackson and the freaking Beatles. There were people waiting in line at the stadiums for a week to see Skunk and Nancy. I had no idea how big they were overseas and for them to, to you know to take us over under their wings it was the one of the best tours still to this day that i can say that we were a part of to be in the light of such an incredible movement of a band that we had no idea how big they were in their country and over in the states that people didn't know we were like you these guys they, you don't know we love them but we don't even know how big they are but they should be this big over here but we didn't understand until we got over there <laughs> Yeah, they would have been a great, like, Woodstock act. Oh, my God. They're still incredible, man. Uh, she's doing movies and all kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, thank you for even saying something about that band. That was a, a definitely an important part of uh, growing up. And when Skin showed up to uh, do the album and to do that song, Licking Cream, she flew in from Japan. And she was, like, in this writing mode. It was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. Me and her went down to my cottage. And she's like, LJ, I'm trying, I'm sorry for my accent's not like this. She's like, LJ, you know, what else? Like, my, you know, I've been like in this writing mode and uh, I just had this idea. And we sat down and we started writing. We wrote that song in like five minutes. 
And then she's like, okay, let's go upstairs and record. And I was like, what? Went upstairs, sang it first take, just like that. I mean, beautiful, nothing else is done. Uh, and I learned a lot from her just by, by being a writer and being in the moment and just being, I guess, seasoned in your sport. You know, and I think what makes the collaboration so effective, like the two collaborations that are done on home, so that and Bender with Chino Moreno, yes. is that what I think makes those work really well is you fall back as the lead singer. Like you let yes. them take the lead. I think that's like a testament to the generosity of spirit that you would be like, let's let these voices shine. That's what it's about. That Yeah, absolutely. That's what it was about. And just like with Chino, oh, please, somebody tell me one day, ask him. I never saw him ride a horse until after he came to Longview. Um, it's like the I mean, like in the music video, somebody was like, you know what they need to be doing together? So listen, yeah. Let's get them on some he, horses. Mor Morgan, was Morgan was so invested in this. He's like delaying Chino's flight. He's like, get him on yeah. more horses. There you go. Because let me tell you what, but even when he was in the studio with us, he had on Adidas shoes and we pulled out one of the horses and he got on that white horse. But then after that, you heard about white pony. I don't want to say anything, but he's like, he's like, you know what? It would be a good yes. album. <laughs> Guys, I've got just the thing. So you know, for some reason, Mitch, you know, I've never talked about it. But I want to ask him one day, man, do we have anything to do with that experience at all? Because I'm going to handle that when we talk to him. I want to, he's going to be like, he's going to be like, everyone thinks that's about co cocaine. No, it was, I was the white, I literally yeah, exactly. rode a white horse. <laughs> he did. He rode one, really. <laughs> I just liked white horses, man. I don't know what you that's guys are awesome. talking about. I love it. So, the, so like with the, but with that, that opening trio of records, like all three of those go gold, right? Yes. So right. now you guys are, are somewhat, you guys had like a, a, a quick foot, uh, like an immediate foothold in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Like black performs really well there. You shoot live and loud at the Metro and oh that kind God, of dude. produced what's kind of like called the Metro scene. And like three bands yes. that broke out through the Metro scene would have been disturbed soil and from zero. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. And we just talked to soil and what's funny about, or, or Tim King, right? Tim King of soil. Yeah. Oh, I love Tim. Yeah. He, Oh, he's, he's awesome. Tim, he's isn't he managing now? Isn't his band plush? I'm not familiar. I'll have to check into that. Yeah, Tim is man. I think he has he a record works label. For pavement management, yes. Yeah, and Tim's band is Plus, the new girl band, which we love. We took out on tour. So I'm very happy about what Tim's doing. Very cool. But he, but what, but like when Soil gets signed, this was, mm -hmm. this was 2000, 2001. And that was when I think record labels were more invested in breaking bands fast. So like yes. TVT took like a long term approach to you guys, whereas with Soil and those guys and like the Union Underground and. Bands like that. It was just like, give them all the money. Let's make this happen fast. And mm -hmm. I was wondering if so by that point, did you notice a sea change in the industry where it kind of became like, like urgent? Yeah, I noticed it. But we were kind of I thought we were set up to where we were doing things where we were going to be set up for our livelihoods for the rest of our lives. That's the way we were looking at. Which you kind of were. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah, exactly. We were kind of were trying to not only be, you know, at first it was like, oh, who cares? Bang it, you know, we're doing this. It's like boys going wild, and we're partying. We don't have kids or anything. And then it turned into a business professional, and we have to to take care of not only the integrity of our band but our families too. And it became serious to us, and uh, we almost went bankrupt there for a while, and the band almost shut down. But something in us, I think, not only 
was it the music and the belief that we had in each other, but the family and the support of the people out there that I don't say fans or family that kept seven us going. That's why we're here still. That's why we're still do you, able do you, to do it. But do you still have beef with Jay French? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I went through so many issues of Billboard magazine, Lejean. Jay French uh, talking about, yeah, you, I was managing seven dust for a while there. It was great. Was I don't great. know if I have. Let me tell you this. That is a great question. Let me see as a 50-year-old man, uh, and someone else can chime in on here, but you're <laughs> just smile at me. Uh, as a 50-year-old man, how do I handle this? I would say that I could only wish the best for J.J. French in whatever he's doing in his future. Uh, a lot of things were handled not in the way that I would have personally handled them as a mentor for a band, if that makes sense. I feel like a lot of people do things, I would have done it a different way. I just, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not mad at anyone, but I just would have, uh, I wouldn't have done things, I would have done things differently. Right. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had the, I wouldn't have had the question be asked, are you mad at him still? So then that lets you know. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not saying for you. I'm saying, no, no, I'm just saying for him, that should let him know that obviously there was something that wasn't handled properly as far as I'm I'm happy in my life right now. And I hope that he's happy. But yeah, there were some things that I wouldn't have I expected whatever, any other answer from you. I wouldn't you, have imagined you being like, wouldn't you be like, oh, fuck him up I'm next like, time I see him, man. I'm trying to be cool. Like, to like be cool. I love everybody. Yeah. I'm trying to be cool, but I will. <laughs> yeah. You know, man, you know, guess what? Old school cats in the day did things differently than, you know, than different people. And, you know, different people do handle bands differently. I, uh, so if that makes sense, you know, without going into detail or making anybody feel weird, if somebody say, oh, we got my feelings hurt and I got to sue somebody, you know what I'm talking about. I have got to ask about this. Speaking of rap beef, okay. So Animosity Era, 2001, it's sort of yeah. a, a real break year for a lot of new metal bands. And I've always found it fascinating that Columbia signed Stereo Mud, who sound just like you guys, to the degree where Corey Lowry, the brother of your guitarist, is, is, is in their band. Now, did you ever like catch wind of Stereo Mud at the time and think... This sounds funny. Oh, we knew him. Well, of course, we knew Eric, the singer, grew up around us in different bands, and we knew what was going on. But uh, I don't think at that time that we were too afraid of them taking our identity. But we did realize that, wow, these guys are coming from Atlanta and doing things and kind of sounding like, yeah, we knew that they sound. We, we recorded in the same studios and stuff. We knew it. And, and, and Eric was a great singer, but definitely he was that guy that was around us like in those bands, we saw it in Corey. I love it. He's now the the guitar player in Seether. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. His his resume is really stacked. And but yeah. it was I always thought it was just weird. Stereo Mud and Scrape were two bands. Do you remember Scrape? Scrape? Another. Oh my God! I remember Scrape. Weren't those guys from Ohio or Indiana? Florida. Florida. Florida? They were from Florida. Yeah, I'm like almost certain they were from Florida. Oh, I remember the band. I love that band too. Yeah, man. You know, back in the day when those bands got signed, we were happy. Like when uh, Injected got signed from Atlanta. Injected, like that. I do remember. Yeah, Injected were good. Yeah, and Breast His Soul Jay was a very good friend of mine. 
things like that. We were happy. For me, seven us, I never felt like we got the respect. I remember one time Atlanta, the radio, the scene in Atlanta, the 98 Rock or whatever, was like, seven us is not on tour with Metallica. And we were like, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> Why even we say like, that? Yeah, exactly. So that's how we felt. We we're like, yeah, we are. We're on tour. We, just, we played the silk. I was, I, James Hetfield gave me his guitar and I played Detroit Rock City out of fucking tune at the damn Silverdome. Yeah, we did. <laughs> like, we definitely did. Yeah, we definitely did. I mean, they were, you You were everywhere. You were, so you did Conan, Mike Bruford. Oh, thank you. And, yes. and uh, uh, Farm Club all in the same oh. year. You remember Farm Club? Oh my God, Matt Penfield, my my buddy. So listen to this. Not a lot of people realize this, but we did Farm Club. I think it was us and like Three Days Grace. But beside us in the dress room, getting ready to perform was Destiny's Child. I got to meet Beyonce and everybody. The mom right in the dress room, right seven us, and they're like, yeah. she's like, yeah. I remember Beyonce saying, yeah, you guys are cool. Not probably knowing who the heck we were. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, take but my number still, down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need you for you should have got Beyonce to do skins part in Licking oh Cream. Think, Yo, think I might about, need to think about if you would have been there in that time and said, This is something that we need to have happen. If I had been if I had been your manager, Beyonce, exactly. Beyonce, we need to talk after this. Yeah, 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 for listen, sure, for listen, sure. Listen, you're not gonna meet Jay Z. You're gonna meet LJ. This is it. We're, we're set. <laughs> that would have been a very different world. <laughs> We'd have been in different. We would have been right now doing this interview. You'd have been in your submarine helicopter boat ship. <laughs> yeah, I was the guy that got Seven Dust signed to Rockefeller. It's <laughs> there. You go. <laughs> it's whatever. You know. Yeah, that I love was me. It. I love it. <laughs> I I I love I love 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 Farm Club. I always tell people that Farm Club was the American bandstand of new metal. So you know what was amazing? What I think it should come back. It was so cool because in the round, so the band on the front side would play, and then you would be setting up on the second side, and all of a sudden the mat would turn it and would turn, and yep. bam, there would be a different genre. And what was it was you know to me it was like. And what I wanted to do, and if you could help me, because I know you guys probably have the means, I've always wanted to do a new, like, American bandstand hee-haw. And I think Farm Club Do we Club have almost, the means? I just want to say something about the means. Grandfather's in his car at work right now. <laughs> he, had to, like, he had to, like, beg. He had to be like, I'm walking off this work site. His union rep is banging on the window. He's on mute. Oh, he boom, boom, boom. <laughs> got to get back on the job site. Get back on the job I love site. It. I think it would be something really cool to have something back like that. Because remember, MTV, they don't play videos anymore. Or, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a farm club or a hee-haw or something where we're all hanging out? And guess what's coming in? This band or your favorite band from this 90s era is coming in and jamming tonight and playing yeah. a half a song. No, it would be cool to find a format like that. And that is something yeah. that I do strive for with, like, the new metal agendas. To me, the yes. like, new metal isn't just, like, Seven Dust and Limp Bizkit. It's also, like... It's you know what that, that's the thing is like Cisco and Beyonce were sharing the same stages as you guys. Let me tell you, it was so many of us. Man, it's so weird that you said Cisco. Oh my god, I got chill bumps. My wife, this is so funny, was not a Seven Dust fan and came to see Seven Dust with her sister to see El Nino, and I saw her beautiful face, and then I tricked her to marry me years later. But it's a funny story. In all that time when she had never seen Seven Dust and came to see Seven Dust, she got to meet Cisco at a hotel lobby during that time when he was on tour. So it's like, <laughs> it's that same, you know what I mean? That same Lighting doors of... moment. Could have been her and Cisco, you and there, Beyonce. You know, there there's... you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> a funny story. 
uh, we were playing uh, then at New Metal Era, and we were out on tour with El Nino, and uh, me and Vinny missed the tour bus and had to take a limousine all the way to Seattle. And I remember Pop Pop videos, and me and my wife were dating at the time, and Pop Pop videos came up, and it said, LeJean Witherspoon from Seven Dust dating Mariah Carey. <laughs> wow and you're like you're like you're like yeah I was, yeah i was like yeah i was like what i was like no it's not but like yeah let's let's run with that for sure for sure we were sitting we still me and my wife still laugh about it to this day because my friend said it to me like they saying you date mariah carey on pop-up videos like no i'm not but where is she at i'm gonna edit this i'm gonna edit this later loudwire's gonna feel that i'm gonna edit it so you're like i was dating mariah carey there, and also beyonce <laughs> that was like the preview clip <laughs> Huge exclusive. That's, that's amazing. This. This, you, you can't we make belong that together up. is about Lejean Witherspoon. Exactly. Click on it. It's, you heard it here. Some kind of way we missed each other. <laughs> you know what? I gotta say this too, by the way. So I, I do want to give a big shout out to Wolf Rambats, who is, you're his favorite band, like of all time. I think favorite Who's band. That? He he co-hosts this with us sometimes. <laughs> okay, he yes, couldn't no. make this one, but he did. He draw puts the, together our research packets too. He, Put up a huge research packet on your band that we could reference for this. And I I, I just noticed over here, uh, one of his notes is uh, you released your self-titled debut album on April 15th, 1997, which only sold 310 copies in its first week. And I got to hit him up later and be like, actually, it was 311 copies. There you go. Because I know it was. I know it was. I pulled the same data. I was like, what? actually, actually. That's all, well, tell him that if there's a chance that we could do this again, I have plenty of time. And if you would like to get on, let's go. I I, this, I love this. This is great, guys. Yes. Yes, we will. We will. Yeah. I, will I will tell him that. He will be super excited about That's that. That's awesome. Um, I was going to mention that. He he did say that Home is the best new metal album of all time. Oh, well, thank you. Let me see. Uh, home album. Uh, there There is that copy of it. It's back here in my bar area. I haven't been here in about a month, but there's that Home yeah, that's album. A, that is like a... That yeah. is like a a fillerless record. I think you've even said someone in your band, I think, said that some of that album was written quick. Yeah, man, we were home album. It was it was great. We were at North Brookfield, Massachusetts. Uh, a lot of weird things happened there. Uh, I do remember if you remember Carrie from uh, the radio station, the DJ, uh, John Conley peed on her on accident. Uh, one night Whoops. at the North. So it was this big farmhouse that we were in. It was great. Uh, and I remember what happened. We all had cottages, but in this one lobby area, everything was wood. And there was this big wood log that was supposedly the coffee table. But I remember Mistress, Mistress Carrie was there. She was hanging out, everybody's partying. And she kind of fell asleep on the couch. And I think John was sitting beside her and stood up and thought it was a urinal. Started peeing. And she still talks about this to this day. She just remembers waking up and like doing like this and feeling like the splash. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> that's what like that's what head trip is about yes exactly and doing this and then looking over and realizing that john collie was peeing and it was splashing on her you know what rock star shit what can we say what his defense who among us who among but us? you know we don't do those things now we're older we're gentlemen now <laughs> those things are in the back of the day <laughs> so i just want to check on a few 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 core tenants to the seven dust style that i always thought were very signature amongst yes. yourselves one of my favorite being the uh the triple vocal attack between you clint and uh morgan yeah how did that develop because i always thought that was a really signature a signature part of the seven dust sound yeah morgan we call it he's we call him the crow that voice is the yes. crow yes it's been there for a long time and occasionally we're in the studio and he does it we all kind of look at each other oh god there's the crow we might not need the crow but you know what it's incredible that 
we are able to do those. Every I feel like everyone in my band is a singer, and obviously they all they they feel it too. Uh, but we all sing, and uh, that's a good thing with Seven Dust is we're all writers. And so when guys come to the part, they have melodies, and it's they they normally they stick. So it's really cool to be able to be in a group with everyone that has a uh, a different background of music. And then another thing, if anything that I could say that could help a bands out there is that something that we've done for years and years and years is we completely split everything evenly. So there's not somebody coming in with the fucking Jaguar and this guy's riding a fucking scooter or not saying it's necessarily about the money or even in a mindset of I do it all because no one's doing it all without this guy playing guitar, this guy playing the bass, this guy playing the drums, this guy, it, it's a band, it, it's everyone. So I think that's the reason that we've been able to keep it together for this long too, is because you don't have some one guy saying, I'm the leader of the fucking band. It's not a leader. It's, yeah, uh, and it's the music, equal. And the music sounds like that too. Like everyone's so lo locked into the groove. No one's like trying to make it to the forefront. Thank you very much. And that's why I think we've been able to be a band for this long is because it's like that. When we the, the best time, the best writing is when we're together, like we just did a writing session for this album uh, at my farmhouse. And it was the, the drums are set up in grandma's room with the drums and the bass and the guitar looking out at the window at probably about 10, five head of my cat cattle and waking up together. And John saying, I think one of your cows is out of the thing. I'm like, no, it's not. And then me and him chasing the damn cow before we write another seven. <laughs> I mean, if it don't get realer than that. <laughs> it don't. It don't. Um, you know what I mean? So I just feel like that was needed to be brothers in that setting and to take that to Elvis's spot, where it's this beautiful spot where we're going and we're all together again in this big mansion. But it was really cool to be in this tight setting in grandma and grandpa's two-bedroom home, which is, you can go downstairs too, but we utilized the living room and the two bedrooms and lived in there together. And just as brothers, and, that's, and then it felt like those kids, uh, when we first started. And I feel like that's why a song like Fence was able to make the album. It's got that angst and that energy of just us being us. You know what I mean? Not, not yeah. caring about, not caring about, man, who's who's not going to play this on the radio or what DJ is going to say this? No, we're fucking too old for that. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it and go fuck yourself. It's that You know what I'm saying? Uh, enjoy what we're doing as grown men and enjoying that we can evolve and still tap back into what is real to us and that song right there to me is like the realest of seven us. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, another another big element i think to your somehow i think this is a, actually a part of your sound and not just your performance is you guys had mad hops right like you guys had like the jumping so did you ever know uh back in the day they've always asked us so we used to have these covers in front of our monitors boom that Got written down right they... here, the trampolines. No, so you know, yes. <laughs> I was gonna confirm the rumor. I was like, I was like on the animosity tour. Is it true you guys had trampolines in this the floor? This has been the best interview ever. By the way, you know, so those those monitors were set. They look like monitors, but inside of them, we had those things that you, the moms used to jump. Those, you know, what I'm talking about with yeah. the exercise. So we had those put into the monitors, but faced like in an angle this way. And so those guys would jump and just kind of hit it. And if you remember those things, you wouldn't have to really hit it hard to, to go in the air. So imagine being amped up and having a guitar and rocking out and then hitting that thing 
and jumping and you were damn near going behind the drum sets at sometimes, and it was so much fun. And people ask us now, when you guys bring those back out, if you want us to stop the tour within the first day, because say. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's neck would get broke, a back would. Get <laughs> I can't believe it as didn't happen. Then. Try to keep in shape. Something, man. LJ's bottom lip got cut off. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Jump right into right into the drum kit. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Like bowling pins. They hadn't done it 20 years. This motherfucker went all the way behind the stage. <laughs> but like where when did the jumps start taking like hold in the music? Because even on like Conan and stuff, you guys got hops. You guys are oh, airborne. You know what we've always said? Seven Dust was a sport. And we, 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 we would go out and still to this day, that's that's where you lay it all out. That's where we want to lay it. Like when we get off that stage, we better be sweating and giving it your all man i just remember always growing up and that was what you were supposed to do in the performance that's as an artist you give it your all and i still feel like even though sometimes they're harder than others but we still go out there and we give it our all man and 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 never take this for granted because look what in the hell's going on after all these years still talking to you cats right now this is incredible i think this is a one of the biggest things in a long time and thank you for taking the time but to still be uh, relevant uh, the word I'm, I'm like is that the word or is it more accepted or is it more love i don't know what the right word is but i'm just very happy it's love because i think that the seven dust ethos has always been to just put as much love out into the world as possible where it's like damn mm -hmm. tvt records damn jay yeah. french damn the radio if you're going to go out there hit every single stage in the continent of the united states like 18 times and leave people leaving the leaving the audience and being like, man, those guys were great. You know, I met Lejean by his bus. He was super nice. Because if there's like one thing that I know is for certain, it's that nobody has ever had a bad thing to say about Lejean Witherspoon. Well, one guy has, but we, we you know, <laughs> Thank he, he's a dick. So one guy only has ever had something who? bad to say about Lejean. Who, who, who wants to it? say it? Who wants to say it? Not I'll, It's not. He didn't say anything about you as a person, but uh, somebody we've had on the show. Uh -huh. Saw you guys in Ohio, Brian Quinby, Murder X Brian on Twitter. Uh -huh. He, uh, you guys are playing with Cold Chamber, uh -huh. and he was not very impressed with your stage antics. What I do? Say it. Yeah, he thinks he that think, you were picking. Yeah, at he said your you were picking area. at your dick the entire time you were playing. No, he said. No, I was your defense. I did dick. say it, it was. It was probably very hot. And it was probably sticking to your leg, and you can't perform when your your wedding tackle stuck to your leg. You had to I could have yourself. probably had on the weird who among us? Underwear. He so tell him why was he so infixiated on me watch playing like with my dingling? If I was, I don't do that. That's a great. That's point. a good question. That's a great point. I'll talk. That's to him a right great now. question, right? You know there. What? I'll send him the Zoom link. You tell him that's really weird. And if there was ever, if there was ever a problem, it's probably because it was laying on the wrong side, and I had on some weird underwear or something. It was a or or a um uh a suit of malfunction in my outfit that I had on because I do consider my gear outfits when I perform. So sorry that you felt like I was jacking off or whatever it was. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anything like that in my He's life. He's going to hate us guy? so much Who is for bringing loser? this up. He's, we're in such trouble. So what I want to <laughs> say, getting back to the I'm original. Sorry, <laughs> I can't believe he even said that. I mean, does, do you, did you watch Michael Jackson or Prince? I'm sorry. I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, 
licking my fingers and like doing that, going down there, like do anything. I might've been picking my thing up. Sorry if it's like, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. but I never would do anything to offend anyone to that man. I would think that somebody else would have said something before that dude. <laughs> so the one guy now we can, we can His put that to the side. Met with pushback. So yeah, other than that the, though, I, I just start sweating like a hooker in church. I'm like, I'm offended. I think that it's been a it's just been a long career of putting love out into the world and now receiving it back in your in your time, right? That I was jacking off on stage. No, can't believe that's what the rest of this interview is going to be about. No, We're gonna that, be like that's going how through. much love Seven Dust put out in the world. Dude, I love you guys. You tell him I'm sorry that that experience hey, was like that for him. You. I did not mean for that to be that way at all. Oh my god! Great resolved. Moving on. I've never. I'm 50 years old. I'm like, I've yeah. never. I've never said I've never. <laughs> so, with Truth Killer coming out into the world July 28th, where do you see Seven Dust taking, like, this record? What was your attitude going into this one? Well, after I go to rehab for jacking off on stage. No, I'm scared. No, I'm scared. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I feel like Truth Killer right now, I feel that we are so lucky to be on a new label. And to have this energy, I feel like that pandemic took a lot of wind out of everyone. So it really focused us to make sure that we wanted to write songs and to have this energy and expectation almost for the future, to see into the future. And I feel like this truth killer is like that for us. I feel like this is a good timing. It's going to be a good energy, a good outlet for everyone that's been down and out in the world and we're trying to get back to some type of normalcy. And I feel like Truth Killer is going to be that album for us right now. You know, like you remember back in the day when you had that album, like, oh man, that reminds me of that one summer. Yeah. That really rocked. You know what I mean? I want that to be this album. I want that to be that feeling of nostalgia when you spring, I still use this term, spring break 99. Just because that was a <laughs> that was a, a very important time in my life, you know what I mean? Like just the whole partying and the breaking up with the girlfriend after I she thought that she claimed that I beat her when all, she was choking me and I just said stop and I pushed her and actually all our luggage because there's ten kids standing in the same room fell on top of her. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was spring break '99. So as I'm watching her, she's getting beat up by the luggage. <laughs> But those type of things, you know, you can never go back from that. So uh, I just hope people put our music to good times and, and good memories always. You know what I mean? And things that they can never forget. And it, it brings them out of that dark or or bad times. Or, or sometimes you need to have your blood run a little bit. So maybe it might bring you to that bad time, that but things got better. And like, vo I think vocally, you're just as strong as you've ever been. Oh, because wow. what I've I, I've described before is like is like Lejean Witherspoon's kind of like Terrence Trent DRB on Ozfest. I love it. Kissing like a banjo, spinning time underneath the sycamore tree. See, see, now I know, I know, I know how to make the comparison, but I'm oh, telling you, I'm telling you. But he was he was not as very as nice as I am, so uh, I'm sure that guy that probably saw me grab myself probably wouldn't have liked him either. Stop, stop, rubbing it, stop. Don't be mad about it. <laughs> Just trying to figure out later, like, how do I edit this? This is going to be the story. It's going to be Revolver Magazine. No, it. we this don't. Is great. This is great. Brian put that into the world. Yes, he does. I love you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, um, hey, guys, I, I don't want to take up all the time, though. Z, Cran, do you guys have questions?
Speaking of adjustments, <laughs> that's what I've been waiting for. Let's go. <laughs> can you can you confirm? Can yes. you confirm or deny that you auditioned for Jesus Christ Superstar? Where like did you come? Where did you come from? I don't. Yeah, where did we get that one? Our Riviera. friend Riviera <laughs> found about, found out about that. We don't know how she did. Listen, yes. So. Um, my friend that I worked with as an assistant gave me a call and said, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar wants you to try out. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really crazy. I'm getting ready to do a Seven Us album. I think that's awesome. I looked it up. You know, of course, over the years, I've seen it and been like, wow, that's really cool. Never in a million years of the thought that someone would have asked me to do it. I want you to come to New York and try out. What? I got to get ready to do a seven us album, but we still want you to do it because it's going to be a run in like Chicago or something for like a, uh, I don't know, several months and maybe it'll work out for you. But would you at least try out the team from London would love to, to see you. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, sure. Didn't know the song. I maybe had a few days to learn it. Fly to New York. You guys, I'm a nervous wreck. Uh, I show up. I'm inside this little bitty room in New York and. I'm noticing this young lady sitting beside me. I'm like, damn, she looks familiar. Like, what I know you from? And it's Demi Lovato, I believe. Yeah, Demi Lovato from American Idol. I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, this is really serious. Because you know, I got people, heavy hitters in here, right? So I go inside, and there's a, probably maybe four or five people. The lady that, one of the women that wanted me there, and an English staff. And I did the thunk, 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 the Judas song. I can't remember. <laughs> it was weird. And I did the song and I did my whole thing. And I remember the guy looking at me. He's like, splendid. And that was it. That was all I heard. And then after that, someone else got the part. But yes, I did try out for it. And what an experience. And I think if I would have had more time to rehearse and more focus on it, but the next day I had to fly to do the seven us album. So if that makes sense, my mind wasn't quite on the role of Jesus Christ. That's right. <laughs> or Judas. You're, you're, oh, it's Judas. Oh, I thought yeah. it was Jesus. I was that like, was, I was like, I really wanted to see. No, I wish I would have been Jesus. I would have made, I would have got that one. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was Judas. <laughs> and so the next day I flew right. I had to leave the seven us recording to go try out for it, to go back. So my mind was like, this is weird, you know. I'm doing all this, thunk, 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 you know, all of a sudden, which was an incredible experience. But like I said, if I felt like if I had a, a week more of rehearsing instead of like two days of me learning the song and then going in and singing it to my liking, which he did say, he said, splendid, splendid, <laughs> smashing. <laughs> But anyway, that's so funny you asked that. I was I was excited about actually having. No, I think John Legend ended up doing it. You know what? No, it, oh, it was it. I think it was John Legend. No, so no, no. Another guy did it in Chicago, and then John Legend ended up doing it. Not the one that I was going to do because I would have definitely made it because I would have made some money for that one. Uh, but no, so it was such a. It was I was going to get to stay in Chicago. The pay was going to be great, but the experience for me was something that I thought was more important than the pay or just anything just to be on broadway you know just to yeah to have a, to have a part so hopefully in the future that could be something Corey glover ended up doing it too from living color Corey glover can Cor yeah Corey glover can sing 
<laughs> I'm, I'm I must be thinking of someone uh, someone else because that's crazy. You think Danny Glover, his uncle? Ah, uh, yeah, I think that is. <laughs> <one of> my <laughs> mind. I was like, I was like, Corey Glover was on Living Color and he can sing. <laughs> this is well, yeah. funny. Corey Glover, the actual the singer from Living Color, was also in the movie Platoon as an actor. He's an actor before anything. See, we're all teaching each other something today. Yeah. He was also in an army commercial as a kid. <laughs> it was funny. So, so, now, so where are you living at? Where are you at? Uh, Los Angeles. Really? I had, tickets, I had tickets to see you. You were going to open yeah. for Daughtry. And it got canceled. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Oh, my buddy. I felt so bad for him. Oh. That tour only lasted for like a week before the no. terrible incident happened. Uh, but... We are coming there, I think, with Wolfie and uh, Alter Bridge. If not, the next tour will be coming there. And if not then, let's keep in touch because I got a spot that I go to in Rancho Cucamonga. What's up? Let's go. I mean, let's, let's go. go. I'll, just book, I'll just book my own damn new metal fest. Enough there you go. <laughs> got to wait around on everyone else. Let's get you out here. I'm telling you. I love it. I love, some, I love California. I'll be back out there. If the band's not coming out there before soon, I'll be back there just with the family because we, uh, we love it out there. Okay. And Grandfather's in the Midwest. Yes. I'm in the Chicagoland well, area. Yes. So. Oh, oh, Chicago. Okay. Well, we hey, love if you're in Chicago, Chicago, I'm in Chicago. We love, we love us in Chi-Town. What's up? You know what? Speaking of tours, by the way, you kind of have this reputation for always just knocking the block off of whoever's following you. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so like, would, would you think Nickelback would ever go on the road with you guys again? Man, well, Chad said they won't go back on the road with us, but I mean, he needs to, he's got enough money to take us on the road and not care about anything that happens. If we had fireworks, fire, bombs, uh, a plane that flew in and we, they dropped us off from a spaceship out of the sky into the set, he wouldn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> You're trying to take note of all this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pass this along. Hey, Chad, I've got a great oh, idea for you. Man, Chad. You know what, man? Chad has been so cool to me for over the years, and I would love to go back out with Nickelback. I think uh, that was one of the fun tours that we had. And even uh, the time that they played town and me and my family got to go see those guys, it was such a good time. He was out with Daughtry, and uh, I would hope that they would bring us back out on tour again. I think it would be a fun tour. It would be great. It would be, uh, it would be something to be talked about. I think it would be fun. I definitely feel like Alter Bridge, though, is, is a really great fit. I mean, you know, yeah. can't go on it's tour great. with Creed, but... It's good. You know what? We've known Miles and Tremonti and Barshall and Flip since we started. So that tour is always like just brothers out there having a good time. And then it's going to be great to have Wolfie out there, which I can't wait. I've been wanting to tour Wolfie. We've, we've only played music in the studios together and like hung out and like laughed and been friends. But to be able to be on the tour with him and see him in his element of working as an artist is going to be really cool to see that young man do his thing. Who? I'm like, every time you say his name, I'm like, who? Wolfie Van Halen. Oh, okay. Oh, that band's called Mammoth, right? Yes, Mammoth, yes. So they're going to be opening up the next tour that we go out with with uh, Alter Bridge in August. And I can't wait. That's going to be a good time. Okay. That's how good of friends they are. He doesn't say the band name, just his, his buddy. Oh, I just says, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and tonight I'm taking my family to go see Bad Omens. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. nice. Yeah. Then my daughter's into it. And then Monday, Zach Myers and uh, uh, Brent are playing an acoustic set at a place that we like to go to, J.R. Riggins. And that's with our family doctor, and we didn't know it, we were going to the speakeasy downstairs. But uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening, Brent and Zach from Shinedown are playing an acoustic set on the top for only, I think, 100 radio listeners. 
And uh, the wife reached out to Zach and said, oh, my God, we're going to be there for dinner. So we're going to go see them (laughs) with with our family doctor on Monday. So it's cool to be able to be home and to do things that I would never do, you know, uh, like going out to see bands. And tonight, the only reason I'm going out to see Bad Omens, even though I enjoy them on the radio and I, I've, I've heard them at, you know, different outings at settings and stuff. But my daughter's really into them, my wife and my son. So daddy's going to pack it up and go to a sold out show with the whole Witherspoon clan. It gets weird at shows like that when it's because it's like if I'm not backstage or anything, it's it's a full on. It's a, it's a it's a to do. It's going to be fun. I don't <laughs> Last time ever... I took my daughter to Alter Bridge show, somebody asked me if they could buy her a drink. And I said, if you want to get choked out. <laughs> Are you going to buy something? She's 14 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, then. Yeah, it's straight. Funny, but it's gonna it'll be a good time tonight. I look forward to it. So as we're like moving, we were like winding down here, uh-huh. moving toward this radio interview you got going. I just want to make sure that I've got enough time to say directly to you how yes. much Seven Dust music has meant to me over the years, how much I love your music and everything you guys have done for the culture. I think you guys are absolutely one of the defining bands of the genre and are and continue to be just as important today as I think you were 23 years ago. Well, thank you very much. And a lot of times I don't get chill bumps, but I just did again. And uh, that means a lot to me. Your energy is incredible. This has probably been one of the best interviews in a long time that I've done. Thank you for your support and what you guys do. And please, let's make sure we talk sooner than later. And I mean that, if you understand what I'm saying. You know what? We we should try and get the whole band in, in, a, in an interview. Oh, that's great. You know, if you could get all those guys in there, I'll do it. I'm sure they would love to do it, too. Uh, I definitely know that I'm the coolest one in the band, just to let you know. <laughs> we have a we would we love to have you back. Here. It looks like Morgan's number two. All right, good. All right, Morgan's a cool guy. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Cran, do you have any questions though? Actually, no, uh, you answered one of my big questions about the longevity of the band, and I just want to say how impressive it is. You guys have had the same lineup since 1995. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't you. happen. Yeah, Clint no. left there for a minute, but he came back home. He knew yeah. he knew where he needed to be. Uh, we've been very lucky, and you know, a lot a lot of that to do is to, for us. I, I said before, I still remember a setting of us a million years ago, and I had this uh, condo, and we were in a sand a sandbox. Which, there was a sandbox in front of it, and I remember looking at those guys and I'm saying, "Man, wouldn't it be cool if we one day had a band and we had wives and kids and we had tour buses and we could bring them out on the road and we could still be doing it and it's happened. My wife don't ever want to fucking be on a tour bus again. And she, you know, says, <laughs> all but those it happened. And you, yeah, you, and you tell your happened. wife that story every it, time you're like, you're like, you know, we were sitting in this sandbox. Oh my God, with the sandbox it, story it, again. It, yes, it happened. Get it on went, the bus, honey. Come on. Yes. I had just broken up with Mariah Carey. I just broken up with Mariah Carey, baby. I left Mariah for you, baby. It, yes. It went from I love you and this bunk with y'all tight from uh, two or three years later where I need my own bunk to after that, who the fuck is smoking in the back lounge? I ain't never riding on this bus again. <laughs> then it's going to be, I need my own bus. going to have another that's, bus. There you go. That's be like Aerosmith. There yeah, you we, go. That's, so that's the investment for the family. Like I need to get a bus or RV where on the tours, I can ride it off and like have a driver and like take my family to different routes. But yeah, but it's not that bad, but they do enjoy coming out on the road. But the wife still, she won't do a long run with us because well, maybe that was back in the day when we were burning it down, but it's not like that anymore. <laughs> to think about it. You're going to have to be like, Jay, I'm calling in that favor. Jay, I need that bus, Jay. Come on, man. 
who is still up at five o'clock in the morning smoking a cigarette in the back lounge? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's never happened before. <laughs> and it, it's you. Is it you? Is it you? <laughs> Not me at all. <laughs> I, you know what? My schedule, man, I'm so such a dad bod and, and into my thing. I'm up at six o'clock every morning, still on the kids' schedule, even though it's a week in the summer. So uh, I enjoy getting up, dealing with my flowers and plants, taking care of the kids and doing this type of stuff right here and getting ready to get back on the road. I got to get my ass in shape. I'm trying to hit two and two, two and two in the day in the gym at 50 years old, man. I got to stay in shape. Keep up with these young kids. Keep up with these young kids. Get back on that trampoline, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe one more, maybe one more go with the trampolines. There you go, man. Get a trampoline. Be like, damn, LJ's got a wheelchair and a trampoline. All right. LJ's got a wheelchair, trampoline, bus for the wife. There it's you crazy. go. Exactly. Seven dollars are going all out on hey, this tour. If Ozzy can still do it at 80, let me do it too. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. You know, one more. We need to. Well, I think we just need to reconvene another Ozfest. That would be great. What a great idea. I think it would be great. Ozzy's still freaking touring, obviously. I mean, what about Motley Crue? What was it? The last tour, Tommy Lee on the end, at the end of every tour, I did it my way with the damn golf cart. They're back on tour 15 like, seconds like later. They're not going to do it again. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm excited to talk oh. to Tommy Lee, too, because I can finally be like Tommy. I loved you in Methods of Mayhem. Oh. Not other bands. I don't remember their name. Motley yeah. <laughs> so listen, I can tell you a story before you go. I don't want to hold you guys up. Tommy Lee's a good buddy. Me and his birthday, oh, October 3rd. Oh, oh. Got to stay at his house uh, back in Calabasas, uh, the house that he lived in with Pamela. Beautiful house. Uh, remember hanging out. And me and him rode the elevator down. He had the Starbucks thing in there, the bed from like the Playboy Mansion. The whole floor was like a bed. We stayed there. It was great. So me and him were riding the elevator and it, it was purgatory, heaven, purgatory, hell, like the sequence of painting when you rolled down. We got stuck on the elevator. I remember laughing about that because it's not a big elevator. You can still walk down the stairs, but you still have an elevator in the house. Let's use it. You're in Tommy Lee's house. You got to ride there the elevator. There you go. There, you got to ride the elevator. So I remember it was like, LJ, you know, uh, you want to meet my neighbor? We say hello every morning. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And he had a cup of coffee and we're walking and the big gates and our tour bus is right here on the hills. California is very weird. Big houses in the middle of the mountain. And all of a sudden, this beautiful lady with blonde hair rides up on a horse. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, the only thing that, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm like, splash, this Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah? <laughs> yes. Was this across the street neighbor? Well, not a, across the ranch or whatever it was. She lived in a ranch across. And he's like, yeah, we say hello every morning. She's like, hi, Tommy. And he was like, hey, this is LJ, my friend from Seven Dust. And me, I'm all I can think of her is in this bikini and splash and just being like, I can't believe I'm meeting her oh, <laughs> on Splash, a horse. The movie, the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a dream sequence. It was a dream sequence, yes. <laughs> I want you to tell the people what Seven Dust is up to in the next couple months. Let people know where to find yeah. you and what's going on. So listen, we're getting ready to go back out with Mammoth, which we love, Wolfie and everyone, and Alter Bridge, which is going to be incredible. Uh, we're going to do a long tour with those guys. The album is going to be coming out. And then there's going to be another big tour that I don't know if I could talk about, but a lot of people are going to be excited about as well as we are. Uh, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of stuff going on this year. And thank you guys for taking the time to do this. New Metal Rocks, thank you for feeling that we're relevant. Uh, we love you guys and everything that you do. Your movement and your page is amazing. God bless you. And let's keep this going. 
Yes. Thank you, Luton Witherspoon. This has been Holiday Kirk with the New Metal Agenda, reminding you to always be platforming and supporting the new bands in this genre. Never stop listening to it. And peace out. Have yourselves a great, wonderful rest of the day.